Hello and welcome to episode 10 of the Coaching Manual Show. This week we're talking with Paul Bright, our technical director, about the UEFA A licence. What position do you want to be? Play from me. Well done, well done. It could be a good tactic for you. Well played. Okay, off you go. Go and do that for me. Go and score with this goal. Okay, so this week we have a bit of a special episode where we're going to talk through the UEFA A coaching license. So Paul's recently just completed his license, so congratulations Paul. That's Thank great you. news for the coaching manual and for himself personally. So Paul, if we take a step back, where did your coaching journey begin? Um, obviously my coaching journey began before I started coaching was about playing, so uh, former youth player at a, a number of clubs. Um, ultimately didn't make the grade, um, no excuses, just at the time wasn't good enough, probably wasn't committed enough as well. Um, but I always knew, I always had passion for the game, I always knew I wanted a career or I wanted to work within a sporting environment and a football environment in particular, that's where I felt at home, uh, that's where I felt comfortable and that's where I, I thought my own strengths uh, lay. So obviously went down the academic route after that whilst I was still playing um, non-league so I went to college and then I went to university to do the football science degree at Liverpool John Moores University obviously with an int a strong interest and passion in football um, and, and whilst I was on the course um, we we got the opportunity to to do the level FA level 2 coaching qualification now Honestly, before that, I'd never even thought about coaching. I was still focused on playing and just getting my university studies done. And coaching had never really crossed my mind, even though I was sat in a room with people uh, who were on coaching science degrees and things like that. It was just something that I'd never even considered. Um, and I went on the FA uh, Level 2, which was run by Liverpool FA, um, and it was fantastic. I really, really enjoyed the process, I really enjoyed the challenge of trying to get that knowledge across and it was limited knowledge at that time but but um, trying to trying to improve people and improve performance and I really after that level 2 course I really found my calling, I think there was around it was a double course so there was around 40, 44 can candidates on it um, and unfortunately for me I was one of the candidates who, who completed the course and passed the course uh, at the first time of asking and I was told by my assessor at the time uh, to really consider doing the UA for B licence um, after getting some experience so what I did, being young and naive, I went and booked straight on the UA for B licence um, and I was getting involved with the university in coaching and, and I started to look at coaching outside of that so I, did, I did, applied and did some work with Bobby Charlton soccer schools at the time um, and, and really just getting some experience and I completed my UA for B licence um, right at the back end of me completing university, so I was 21 uh, yeah. in, in 2004, so I'm giving my age away as well here, uh, and completed my UEFA B licence as well, which you know, which was a great, great journey in itself as well. From there, um, so let me just stop you there. What was okay. different from the UEFA B licence to the level two coaching? Uh, it was a long time ago, so I'm going to have to dig deep. But the, the biggest difference is really that the. The focus on the game I think um, in a quick summary and I know the courses have changed a lot uh, over recent years in the introduction of the youth awards and things like that but for me it felt like real coaching on the UEFA B licence and I don't mean that to you know to 
to condescend anyone or anything. It just it felt more like the game. And remember, at the time I was still playing, so it it, it made a bit more sense. Whereas the level two, which is absolutely crucial, was about the technical components of the game needed. And, and even then, uh, at that young age, I had to dig deep to think, well, what are the technical components required? Um, obviously, in terms of my game understanding. Uh, Looking back, I can say it wasn't fantastic then, but what it, what it did look like was the real game. I think that's the biggest difference in terms of the level two and the B license. Um, so, like I said, moving on, completed the B license, and, I, and I, uh, I spent a short time in the US doing obviously the summer camps and things like that. And when I came back, I was approached uh, by Manchester United to go and work. Uh, with some of their young players within their academy set up and that was a fantastic experience for me. I, I'd have said, in terms of my own coaching journey, that was probably the defining moment because I was at Manchester United on and off for around eight years um, and really being new to coaching still, it really shaped who I was as a coach. So I was working under Rennie Mullenstein at the time, who was the, who was the skills and technical coach for the club. So, I mean, Rennie's CV speaks for itself, but working under people like Rennie and working around some of the coaches at the club who'd been around it for a number of years. And, you know, Manchester United at the time were probably the top club in England and one of the top clubs in Europe. It was a real privilege. And, and what I did whilst I was there, I tried to keep my eyes and ears open and my mouth Short, which I probably don't do as much now, but it was a massive learning curve for me and it was fantastic to be exposed that early on in my, my career to that sort of environment. Uh, from there, obviously, I've, I've um, headed up a college football academy programme, got, got the, helped guide the team to the national BCS, uh, yeah, BCS finals. Um, I've been academy manager. Uh, and set up a whole academy programme at FC United of Manchester and I'm now currently at Oldham Athletic which is my hometown club working with the under 15s which I'm thoroughly enjoying as well so I mean that's a very brief summary in between that I've worked um, all across the globe for Manchester United uh, worked in Singapore, Malaysia, Gabon, Tanzania, Japan um, the US on a number of occasions and I've had some fantastic experiences met some, some great players and some great coaches and worked alongside some great coaches on the way so lots of experiences probably probably too many to, to list really uh, at this moment but every, every step of that journey and every time I've took took a step onto the pitch it's really shaped and defined who I am now and you know I'm nowhere near at the end of the journey we're still going yeah talking about the journey you've completed your UEFA B and more recently you've completed your UEFA A how was the step up from the B to the A well, like I said, I think I think it's a bit different now. A, a lot of people are conscious of you know jobs in the game and with the E Triple P and the professional game, the, the the demands are there to try and get through the the qualifications quickly, if you like, while whilst learning, but a bit quicker than I probably did it. My process was, you know, there was a there was a. A 10, 11 year gap between me doing my B licence and me doing my A licence. Uh, obviously I completed the youth awards and other courses in between. I did a PGCE teaching degree as well. So I was constantly learning, but in terms of a, a football specific qualification on that pathway, there was a 10, 11 year gap. However, what I was doing in those 10, 11 years is working with the relevant age groups, working at 11 aside, you know, working with U18s, 
um, on the pitch every day. So, so my learnings were happening on the job, if you like. Um, so in terms of the jump up between the B and the A, it's pretty hard for me to, to quantify that because of the, the, the time difference, <laughs> you know, in between me enrolling on one and enrolling on the next. However, I did think I was ready to enrol on the UA3A licence. Not to say I was ready to pass it, but I was ready to enrol in it. You know, a couple of years previously, I'd, I'd been on on the list to, to go on it, but I'd had opportunities to work um, abroad, which which I wanted to take on a short term rather than DDA license at the time. But it got to the point where I thought, right, okay, I've got to enrol on this course now, and I've got to go through the process. Okay, so you've just completed your UEFA A license. Now, do you want to talk us through some of the main concepts that you went through on that course and some of the more general aspects of it? Yeah, so I enrolled on the course last February, so February 2015, and obviously recently completed and passed. Um, and, and the key concepts on the UEFA A license are really preparing coaches to work at the 11v11 side of the game. Um, connecting individuals to units and connecting units to teams now giving giving the spiel if you like but essentially preparing coaches for 11 v 11 that's not to say that all coaches were working with those age groups and, and at 11 v 11 there was foundation phase coaches and, and youth coaches on on the program but also it's relevant for those guys because they need to know what the end product looks like if you're preparing a young player to, to have a career in the game or to do well and, and succeed in the game, what does the end product look like? Um, so within that process, obviously, um, we we did a pre-course task and delivered on block one of part one. Uh, we watched the FA tutors and the PFA tutors deliver their sessions and best practice sessions. Um, we, we had module tasks to go away and complete around performance analysis around sports science um, so uh, around you know periodized training programs so it wasn't just on field it was everything around it as well to prepare for on field um, and, and really those those were the key key tasks and key key concepts and principles of the course okay so what sessions did you deliver um, as part of the course, obviously, end of part one, you've got to deliver 20 sessions along the A-licence curriculum and then completing part two a further 10. Um, so I planned and delivered over 30 sessions. I probably did well in excess of that, if I'm honest. Um, on the course itself, um, for your pre-course task, you could choose any topic you wanted. I chose playing out from the back with a back three, um, just because I'm fascinated around the 3-4-3 concepts at the time and I wanted to challenge myself because I didn't play with a back three with my group even though I'd wanted to when I was working with the under 18s at, at that moment in time so I, I put myself out of my comfort zone did a playing out from the back with a back three um, I actually got a goalkeeping topic playing from goalkeeper's possession um, which was another <laughs> another massive challenge and definitely an area of development for me is working with goalkeepers um, and then for my final assessment the topic I got was uh, using ball retention and quick accurate passing to beat a, an opponent's press uh, my team were playing 4-4-2 and I was against a 4-3-3 so again taking all those those concepts and all those um, ideas into account ready for the final assessment so when you were delivering your sessions, how were you assessed? Um, 
some of some of the sessions were filmed, um, and we had obviously an FA mentor within the professional club where I work. Um, some of them, we, you know, we did at St George's Park on the course, and we got feedback directly from the FA tutors and mentors. Um, but I thought that the biggest process we went through was, we, we, you know, we had a great group of coaches on the course, and, and everyone was up for sharing their sessions. So we we created our own little account, and we shared videos and resources and asked for feedback, um, and it was great to hear positive comments and and also recommendations from your peers because everybody sees the game differently ultimately and it's about everybody being open and receptive saying oh did you think about that and I like that what you did there but think about this that was a real for me that was one of the biggest highlights and, and one of the strong points of the course was was having that network of peers and coaches around you mm -hmm. to, to work with you and support each other yeah so I was going to ask you what were the main things you learned on the course, but then to tie in with that, I'm guessing some of the main things you learn were from your peers. Yeah, it's, it's the same with any course, you know, that with any course, when you step out of the room, that's when the learning really takes place. Learning takes place in the coffee breaks and learning takes place away from the course and having that network of people to, to bounce off was fantastic. Obviously, I took away key things on the course. I, I probably found more out about myself and how I approach things. Um, than, than I did about the game and that's not again that's not being giving it the big one it's just you know the game is the game it's a, it's a simple game and there's various concepts and there's various formations and tactics so, so what did you find out about yourself? Um, in terms of how I operate very logically which probably suited suited um, the course so when, when you're planning a session um, I always approached it from the 11 v 11 game and then broke it down into area of the pitch and which units would be involved. That's how I worked anyway. Mm -hmm. I worked very logically. Another thing I found out about myself is, obviously I'd, I'd been, the, the jump from B to A license was over a number of years um, and I came with a lot of ideas about how I thought the game should be played. And one of the biggest things I took away from the A license is, yes, you're preparing players for development, but if you take that next jump into first team management or senior management or coaching, it's about three points, it's about winning. So I started to become a bit more pragmatic about, you know, instead of idealistic, yeah. is, you know, I want all my players to be able to, to control the ball, pass it on the floor, be able to pass a move in one-two touch, be able to recognise, you know, how to create and exploit space and break lines. Sometimes your players can't can't do it, and you can work with them, and you work with them, and work with them. You, you know, you're as good as your players sometimes. So it's about well, what do my players need? What information do they need to be able to develop, but also to win games? And I became, I come away a lot more pragma pragmatic, I think. Okay, so a lot of the listeners that will listen to this podcast could be from grassroots coaches, as you know. Uh, level two, UEFA B, and even we'll, we will have some UEFA A licensed coaches listening. Um, what advice would you give to those coaches that are level two or even UEFA B that are about to step onto their UEFA A or thinking about stepping onto a UEFA A? I, th I think the key thing is be open and be receptive. You know, it's tech tech with you to the course what you already know about the game and be confident as well that was another massive point within our group we had people who put the hand up and you know we had ex-pros on the course we had people from grassroots we had people from from you know in, based internationally but the group was very 
very open and people would express their opinion. Now, I've been on courses in the past, not just football courses, but nobody wants to speak out for fear. I don't know if it's for fear of ridicule or everyone wants to toe the same line in the same message or some people don't want to speak out so they don't get found out. With our course, people were throwing things out there and bouncing ideas off each other and, and some of them, you know, not got shot down, but it was like, well, really think about this, think about that. Is it relevant to the game? Oh, right, okay. I said, and, and you know, everyone, everyone was confident enough to express their opinion, and everyone was was big enough and brave enough to to put their hands up when they thought, you know what? Actually, yeah, I need to change my change my thought process around that, and that that's what the course is about, you know, developing and moving forward. So, for me, it, it, it's a game. It's a simple game. Um, it's just under understanding the game and understanding people not not just players people everybody's different everybody's got different skill sets everybody's got different motivations for wanting to play the game you know so you're dealing with the framework of the game but ultimately you're dealing with people as well so if you can start you know if, if people are, are passionate about the game but they're also passionate about making other people better obviously you're going to benefit from that as well I'm not saying don't be in it for yourself and to get the qualification but if you're passionate about people and you're passionate passionate about the game I, I, you know I think anyone can take those steps okay well I think we'll wrap it up there thanks for giving us the insight on the UEFA it meant a lot to Paul professionally and personally to complete this course so congratulations and it's great news for the coaching manual the next episode will be released next week. So thank you very much. Thank you. What position do you want to be? Play from me. Well done, well done. It could be a good tactic for you. Well played. Okay, off you go. Go and do that for me. Go and score with this goal.